today we have Matt Long with us. Now, you um, gave a round of applause for Yimki, but I think we these most of these wrinkles on Matt's face is not because he had those kids. It's because he was my youth worker um, for those interesting years of teenage life. Um, yeah. So Matt, everything that I that is good about me isn't because of Matt. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Matt was supplying me when I was like 15, 16. Matt was supplying me with Red Moon Rising, with Irresistible Revolution, those sorts of books. Um, he was giving me microphones and opportunities. I did my first ever prayer week with Matt, um, and he was like, "Show you should go and tell everyone about it." And I was like, "All right then." And, uh, we, and it was just like an adventure. I remember meeting Matt for a coffee in a cafe and um, prepping my thing and prepping what, like a talk or was something like that. He was obviously just thinking, "What is she going to say?" I need to sit down with her and have a chat. But I remember in that, Matt said to me something that has always stuck with me, because he was the youth worker for our like little kind of, I guess you'd call it a village. It's not, not that big. And he said, I want to know every, I want to walk down the street and I want to know every person's name. Like, I want to know every young person's name. I want to be someone that's so integrated into this community. Not because Matt, if you know Matt, he's like humble. He's like laid back as you come. He's not doing it for his glory. It's because he wanted to love the place in which he lived. And I was like, that's the kind of person that I want to be. If I wouldn't go home from school. I would go to Matt's house, and they would feed me and supply me coffee. In fact, when I went to Reading, I took your coffee machine, didn't I? I think that was the, the greatest grief of your life, <laughs> the loss. I said, Matt, what was the one? Because they, they dropped everything, and they moved to France. I think I said to you once, like, what was the thing that you missed most? And it was said, your coffee machine. Yeah, that I broke. No, I think you gave it me. And your washing machine. <laughs> He gave me lots of things, yeah. Um, but yeah, I did break it. So, sorry about that. <laughs> it did feed a few people on the estate, though. So, um, But yeah, so we are really privileged to have Matt with us. And he's going to be speaking about creativity. You might have seen there's something hanging from the ceiling in this room. It's not a person. It is a horse. Unicorn. So uh, yeah, this is the this is the type of thing that you can expect from when Matt speaks. So expect the unexpected. Um, and I guess I'll just hand over to you, Matt. Sorry about that introduction. I'll pray for you. <laughs> yeah, God, we thank you so much um, to be together this morning. We thank you that um, that you are here. God, we thank you that you've met with us this week. We thank you for every prayer that's been prayed in that prayer room. And God, we thank you that you don't, you know, those, those words that you remember them, God, they're stored in heaven and that you will answer. Jesus, we, um, we just are desperate to know you more. Jesus, we want to, yeah, we want to see your face. We want to be more like you. I pray that you would challenge us today, that you'd inspire us today, and that you would move us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Joel. Um, yeah, I gave her a microphone, and then she's never shut up since, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's good, yeah. Great, it's so nice to be here. It's been years since I've actually been here in person. Um, so it's just really nice to be back and to see some familiar faces. Um, yeah, so thanks for the welcome. Um, Christy, incredible hospitality on all your behalf this morning. We had bacon sandwiches and it was great. So, um, so yeah, I've been asked to speak about creativity. Um, I'm going to try and remember to turn to you guys on Zoom. It's nice to see you all. Um, not so nice to see John because he beat me at fantasy football this season. <laughs> But I'll, I'll honour that. Well done, John. 
Um, so yeah, I've been asked to speak about um, creativity. Um, so what I want to do that is try and root that in both um, your, your narrative as part of the 24-7 prayer movement. Um, also want to try and root that in practice, but I'm also super aware that I've got some stories and thoughts, but so have everyone else in this room. So I want to give some space for you guys to um, share your wisdom and, and something of, of yourselves as well, because I think ultimately that's partly what creativity is about. Not in a scary way, but in a, you know, as much as you feel comfortable way. And obviously we've got um, a piñata. <laughs> so that's that. We'll get to that at some point down the line. Um, that's fine. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with this thing. Um, so over the past, I how old is 27 now? 20 odd years? I don't know, really, 20 something years. Um, you know, it's gone through various shapes and whatever, but has landed very much on these six practices um, which uh, represent uh, these three things. So being true to Christ, kind to people, and the gospel to the nations. Um, you're probably familiar maybe with those things. Each of those three has these six practices on which a rule of life or way of life or your church or whatever can be shaped. And so creativity fits in here, this beautiful diagram that I robbed off the uh, website. I didn't make it. It's very good, isn't it? Um, very creative. Um, so creativity sits here alongside prayer in this section. Um, for those guys on Zoom, Christy has sent you on the... On the look at that. So efficient. The global WhatsApp is doing its thing. Incredible. Um, it says this, for celebrating creativity, enjoying and expressing God's presence through colourful, generous and imaginative lives. And I really like that, but then part of me says, what the heck does that mean in practice? So that's what we're going to try and play with today. So I'm going to use that thing, which is straight off the, I don't know, is it order must see? Anyway, we're going to look into the, the colourful and the generous and the imaginative, and I'll just give you a specific lens, really, through which to look at those three things. Um, it's not the only one, but it's, it's, a, it's a gift to you to look through those things. Um, so colourful, so you can skip on there. Look at that. Look at that. That's a, just a beautiful picture, isn't it? Um, colourful. Uh, you can't start chatting about creativity without the starting place of Genesis, right? And so I'm going to do that because that's inevitable, but then I'm going to try and, and unpack it in a different, slightly different way. So your starting place, God is creator, which we can all probably get on board with, right? Then God creates creation. Also, we're all probably on the same page with that, potentially. Um, then we get into Genesis 1, uh, from 26, and you're probably super familiar with this stuff, but it's such a foundational piece of theology. Well, it, at least it is for me. Genesis 1:26. God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God, God created them. Male and female, God created them. And this is this foundational piece. It's probably Latin. I always get confused. But the idea of the 
Emigio, Emigio Day, Emigio Day, Amargo Day, depends how you want to say it. I'm not fluent in Latin. Shoal clearly is. So, oh, Amargo Day. So this idea that we are created in the image of the creator. And that's mind-blowing in, in many ways. So we're going to try and just unpick that a little bit because it really is the foundational point of um, of creativity. And I think for me, I've heard loads of talks and probably given loads of talks on creativity. And this is the starting place. And, and you say, well, because every single person in this room is made in the image of a creative God, that makes you creative. And most people can sort of get on board, but then there's still this thing of, but I'm not really creative. And so we're going to try and get into the I'm not really creative bit because that's really where the, the, the crux of it is. Because I would say theologically, you are all incredibly creative in your own way, even though you may not feel that or you may not think that. And we're going to try and have a look at that. So colourful, why colourful? I love this idea, which is why I picked this picture of um, what does it look like to see yourself? Oh, there's Zoom guys. Hi. What does it look like to see yourself as a, a, a prism or uh, something like that, that what happens is as God's light, if you see God as light, God's light, this source of light shines, and it hits you, the created image of creator, and it refracts into all of it. Is that the right? I don't know if you're a scientist. Refract? It is refract. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, refract into this prismatic, beautiful image. And guess what? That will be completely different for each one of us because we're made unique and yet in the image. So I just I love this idea of us both individually, but then also as church, as bodies, as institutions, as whatever. In the same way, God's light hits us. There's gathered people in this room today and remotely, and God's light hits you as a group, as a church, then that has this prismatic thing. And I just think it's, it's just a really amazing image. So, uh, but then also the question I want to ask is, how and what do we do to align ourselves so that the light fully hits us? And I want to argue that things like you were doing this week, you've just had a prayer week, right? So getting in the prayer room. You know, uh, things like Lectio 365, that's one of the ways, the, the app that, you know, the, the daily 24-7 app. What are the, the spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines, what are the things you do that um, put you into a position where God's light hits you and something refracts in a colourful, beautiful way? Um, I don't know if you've seen um, the movie, um, it's called The Way. And it was, um, it's the, it's the, uh, it's like the Hollywood version of a true story of this woman, Cheryl Strayed, who decided she was going to go on this epic pilgrimage across America. Um, if you see, it's a phenomenal movie. It's that Reese Weatherspoon, right? It's not my speciality naming people. But watch this movie. It's great. So she basically packs this huge bag. It's really funny because it's so big. She falls backwards and she can't get back up off the floor. So she discards some stuff. There's loads in that, you know, you could, anyway. Uh, and then she goes on this epic pilgrimage uh, and, like, you know, destroys her feet, but it's like, a, you know, she discovers herself and everything else. But the, one of the big, most quoted Pinterest quotes from the movie is when she says, um, the sun rises and the sun sets every day, but we need to put ourselves in the way of beauty. In the sense that the sun rise this morning. Did anyone get up and see that? But it rose, right? 
And in the same way, if your starting place has a theology that God is the source and God's light is shining on the world all of the time, how are we positioning ourselves so that we catch that light and then this creative, beautiful thing happens? So I guess in some sense, this is an encouragement to do those things you do already that put yourself in a place where God's light hits you and it refracts in beauty and color and wonder. And so um, I'm going to show you a video. So this is my friend Nathan. Uh, he's an artist and a, uh, I think he says prophet in the video. Anyway, he's an artist, prophet, dancer. He does it all. He makes movies. He's general creative type. Um, uh, he's based in Leicester with us. And um, uh, he's been playing, and we'll show you on the video, he's been playing recently with this uh, certain technique. Um, and I don't fully understand it but essentially he's been playing with glass and light and shape and there's a technical term that he says on the video that I can't remember and it kind of captures something of this prismatic way of looking at um yeah being made in the image of God so I'll, I'll let you play it here these guys you watch it in your own time it's only about four minutes and we'll see you on the other side Diac what did he say Diachromatic. I told you I couldn't remember. I just heard it and I couldn't remember. Good listening. <laughs> it's fascinating because uh, I sat with Nathan just last week um, chatting about this because he just made this video to show at a, a different conference. And um, I was just asking him about the experience of it. And um, yeah, as he said in there, this particular piece is, and this is a guy, right, who he makes videos all the time and, and he does his flag dancing, which it's not my particular thing. Um, and he, But this particular piece of work has really um, made him engage at a different level. And, and he said there, it's brought up some anxieties and it's brought up some fears and it's brought up some stuff. And so I sat with him last week and was just trying to chat to him and listen about the sort of why. And it was just really fascinating because I think at the base level, there's this vulnerability in sharing, right? And I think for me, there's something of that which is is tied into the piece of creativity. And 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 based on your uh, this thing is I think there's something here in generosity that can speak into that. So we can. Uh, Flip from, oh, that's gone. I don't need that one. Um, flip to generous as your second uh, piece. And um, yeah, so, so Nathan was saying, he was saying as he, as he put the video together and shared it at this conference, it was just, he had a new level of experience of, of, of just being um, really vulnerable, right? And I think this is one of the biggest things that can stop us essentially being creative or stop us um, refracting all that beauty and that light. Um, so how can generosity help us? So I'm going to just do a little bit in, um, where are we? Matthew 25, it says. Matthew 25. Now, my kids have got my phone, so I can't read that. And um, so if someone else has got <laughs> a Bible, and it'd be nice to have a different voice. Um, we're going, it's the, it's the parable of the talents or the Three servants, I don't know what version you've got. Um, but if someone would like to read that for me, I believe it's uh, verses 14, and we'll just we'll stop at 23, I think, of Matthew 25. Someone want to? 
Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will be put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Thanks very much. I don't know if any particular word or anything jumped out at you. When I uh, read that again the other day, there's one word that jumped straight out at me. Don't know anyone, anything jump out at you? I'm giving you the opportunity to share, see what I've done there. Happiness, great. Any others? Faithful. Oh, both at the same time. Ooh, great. There's no right or wrong, just saying. Um, so, um, yeah, without a doubt, I think there's some of them words that are repeated. I think for me as well here, one of the words that jumped out that I'd just like to draw your attention to, and this is just one reading of the parable, right? There's a million different readings of the parable. Again, there's no right or wrong. It's just one take that's helpful as we think about generosity. Um, I think for me, one of the words that's repeated and jumped out was entrusted. And this thing of, at the start, the master entrusts this stuff too. And then as you go through and it repeats each servant, the servants, you entrusted me with. So I, you know, I did my due diligence. I went on the internet. I Google entrusted meaning. And uh, it came up with this, this, assign responsibility for doing something or put something into someone's care and protection. And so we think back to Genesis 1, the, the, the cultural mandate that was given there in, in, in Genesis 1, 26, 27. God entrusted creation to us. And in such a way, not only entrusted creation, but entrusts us with co-creation with God. And so here, this parable is beautiful because it's, again, it just reinforces things that, guess what? God loves us so much that he trusts us. He makes us in his own image to be creative, and he trusts us to do it in relationship with each other and with God. And so it's this thing of then... We may trust God, or at least enough to do something, and then it's, do we trust ourselves with what we've been entrusted with? Which is linked, to, I guess, ultimately to our, our self-worth and our, our identity. And do we trust others and the environment in which we're going to be creative? So back to Nathan, I'm chatting to him, and he's saying he went to this conference to show the video, and he was so 
nervous about sharing and, and, and the, the depth he wanted to share. But what helped him to do that was ultimately he believed this is something that God has entrusted him with. He trusted the things in his hand, the things that he'd made, and he trusted the people he was going to share them with. And so there's this whole thread of being entrusted and entrusting yourself and others. And, and that is such a huge part of, of this creativity piece because it's about trust. And the second thing that stood out to me um, in that passage was this fascinating bit in um, verse 15 right at the start where it said, the master gave five bags of silver to one, two bags to the other, one bag to the other, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. I was like, hold on. How, how, what, how, what are you going to do with that? Um, and again, I get my I got a offer to you is the way I see that. Um, I'm not sure it's about comparison or who's got a better ability or who's got a worse ability. But for me, it's about. Um, so again, I did my due diligence. I went on Google. I googled ability meaning, and it comes up and it says talent, skill, or proficiency in a particular area. So for me, I think here it's not necessarily about comparison, but it might be about competence or character or context or calling. So for each of us, we are called, we are in a particular context with a particular set of skills and abilities. And it's not about comparison. It's not about you've got five bags over and you've got two, but it's about trusting what God gives us, trusting what's in our hands, and trusting the people in our context. And comparison is such a huge thing when we get into this creative thing. It's like, oh, you know, I see it with my kids all the time, is, you know, oh, I'm not as good as drawing as her. I'm not, you know, comparison really does kill creativity. So, and it's really difficult to get beyond that. But again, it's about this trust in who God has made you to be and what God has put in your hands. That's the key here. Um, so let's just take a moment and just maybe, you don't have to share this unless you really want to, but just really honestly, as honestly as you can ask yourself, what stops you sharing your abilities that God has entrusted you with? And maybe that's something to go away and reflect on. But what is it that stops you sharing the things God has put in your hand? I've been reading a bit of Brené Brown. You're probably familiar with Brené, right? <laughs> um, and one of her things around this is she talks about worthiness. And this sense of worthiness inspires us to be vulnerable and to share openly which for me is huge because you go back again to creation. Where does our worthiness, where does our self-worth come from? If we begin to see ourselves as that prism that is created in the image of God, then our worthiness comes from there. It doesn't come from comparison. It doesn't come from, you know, um, people's reaction. Yeah, it doesn't come from all those other things. It comes fundamentally from God. And that's really hard because, you know, when, when I create something, I'll share a poem with you later. When I'm sharing that poem and I'm, that's something I've written, there's a certain vulnerability with that, right? So I'm going to be thinking, well, my, is my, if my self-worth is linked to that poem, 
when I share it with you, what well, one of two things happens. Either I share it and you're all like, whoa, that was weird. Like, and then I get completely crushed because you're like, well, you are weird. That poem was weird. It made no sense. Like the guy got even right. Yeah. So then I'm like crushed, right? And because my, it's linking my self-worth with what I've created and not the creator. I'm not saying it's easy to nuance it, but it's, it's, that's where we're talking. And then the other, the other option is I get to the point where I'm going to my, share my poem and I look around and think, oh, they've not been giving me much vibe. May, like, maybe I'll dodge the poem. Like, that's way too vulnerable for me to share the poem. So then I bury it, which is where we're back to the parable. Because in the parable, you've got these three people who are entrusted with these bags and the, the third servant, for whatever reason, freaks out and buries it. And how often do we do that? So what stops you sharing whatever that is? You bury it. And then I'll never know. So then when I do get late, oh, and I do share the poem, because I will, now I've gone through that, I have to, right? Because <laughs> my self-worth is not linked to the poem, it's linked to God, Right? When I do share that poem, I have no idea what, if anything, that's going to do because that's between you guys and God, right? And so I have to, I have to be open and honest and vulnerable and, and just give that away as gift and trust that something happens. But if I bury it, that's n there's not even an option for it to have an impact. And that's true of all of your gifts, right? If you bury the gifts, then... You don't get the colors, yeah? God's light shines, and you, I don't know, you put a curtain up, I don't know, mixing metaphors now, but it's this thing of not only positioning yourself to catch the light, but then as Nathan's art did, turning yourself around, whatever, what's it look like to fully refract all the beauty and not bury the things that God has put in your hand? And I'm not saying it's easy, but I think there's something locked into the trust and the worth that is huge here. Cool. Right, we're going to try an experiment now. And I'm going to just... Uh, so we're on imaginative now, Christy. Great. Um, so one of the ways I've, um, I've been trying to, you know, reflect, refract beauty and colour and, and be generous by opening myself and be vulnerable is by trying some imaginative practices which encourage generous sharing. So that's what we're going to try. But please, only be as vulnerable as you feel comfortable. Okay? Um, so this is how it's going to work. It's going to be fun trying to do this hybrid. Woohoo! Um, we're going to, you might be familiar with Lectio Divina, which is, you know, the, you read a passage. Da, da, da. So today we're going to try Audio Divina. I just keep creating Divinas. I'm sure it's probably heresy, but I've done Cinema Divina, where you watch something. I've done Sensio Divina, where you go and, like, sense stuff in nature. Uh, we've done, um, oh, Xenio Divina, where you make a zine. That was fun. But today we're going to do Audio Divina. I'm sure these things are, I, I just make them up as we go along. It's great, right? So we're going <laughs> to, same premise, we're going to listen to a track of music well, what we'll probably do is I'll pray. If I can remember, I'll pray the Lectio prayer that's on Lectio 365 about the senses. And then we'll leave a little pause. Then Christy's going to pray as a track. And, and, and then we'll take a little moment of silence, okay? 
And then we'll play the track again a second time. So the first time, you can close your eyes, move around, lie down, do whatever you want to feel comfortable, and just listen to the, uh, to the lyrics or not. Do what you like, to be honest. Go outside, then you can't hear it. No, it's not. No, no, no. There is um, lyrics on the tables. If it helps you to read the lyrics and follow them along, please do. Sorry for the Zoom, folks. If you Google K Tempest Grace lyrics, you'll get them. You won't be able to hear the track anyway. Oh, they will. Christy's got it sorted. He's all over it. And then, so we're going to play the track, leave a pause, play the track, leave a pause, and then we're going to talk about originally in pairs, so we'll have to sort them out in a breakout room, Christy, or something. Or, or something. Oh, they are a breakout room. You are a breakout room. So these guys on Zoom can chat, 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 chat. And then in, in, the, in the room, we'll go into twos or threes. And I want you to just open yourself and whatever jumps out. There's no right or wrong, right? This is whatever jumps out. Well, it might resonate and you think, yes, I really get it. This is really interesting. It might really be dissonant. You'd be like, well, that's not okay. That's heresy. Don't agree with that. Or that's a weird word. Or whatever it is, what jumps out, what shimmers? what sparks, what captures, right? So if you have got the things and you want a permission to scribble, write, tear them up, do what you like, I don't really care. They're going to recycle, right? So what jumps out, what captures the imagination? Then we're going to share in twos and then potentially twos into fours, but we'll get to that point after. Um, make sense? Excellent. So I'm going to pray, and then when you feel led, you can press play, Christy. God, we thank you for your presence. You are in this place. You are in the rooms of these people on Zoom. We center our scattered senses and say, speak to us this morning, Holy Spirit. particular attention to the things that caught, caught your ears in the first time. Um, feel free to continue to make notes or not or whatever. So yeah, we'll just take 30 seconds in silence and then we'll play it again. Thanks, Kay. It's like she's here. <laughs> she has a green belt, if anyone. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, so, invitation to share. So you guys can share together or whatever you're doing on Zoom. I'm sure that'll be fine. Uh, in the room, if you want to get into maybe twos or threes, and remember what you're sharing, there's no right or wrong. 
And guess what? Your worth's not connected with what you're sharing. It's who you are. But at the same time, be kind to yourself and, and share what you're comfortable to. And you've got like, I don't know, what's time? Let's go for, oh, a good, a strong nine minutes. So if there's three of you, that's three minutes each. Super. Um, the, uh, the prayer alarm went off at 12, didn't it? So that was a good thing to let me know it's 12. Uh, so yeah, feel free to carry on talking. I've got a mic, so I'm going to be louder, but you can carry on talking. Um, does anyone feel like sharing into the hole very briefly? Um, either something you said or something you heard that particularly resonated um, before we, we, we land with Pinata. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always still feel the same. When I see a poem, especially this poem this long, it always freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> because I always think back to the days when I was doing my CSC English, or GCE English, that I get a poem in English, and, it, and then the questions come, you know, came, what does the actual poem speak to you or tells you, you know, which line? So it's kind of like giving me that sort of like, you know, feeling when, when we do that. But, but then, well, cut a long story short, I didn't get my GCSE <laughs> <laughs> or CSE. <laughs> That's my vulnerability. Yeah, but, so, so I just look at one, one line at a time. And that line, <laughs> it's, um, where is it now? About um, hope. I've stopped hoping. I'm learning to trust. So, you know, we, we've always been told in our circle, hope is good, isn't it? Hope is something that you hope for, something you don't see in the future, but if you cling on to that. But sometimes we cling it on and, it, we, you know, we're slipping. But that hope is sometimes maybe is a hope that we, I don't know, you know, but that hope should be on God. Yeah, yeah, I would sort of like, you know, that, that verse, Isaiah 40, 31, about, you know, our hope is in God and what follows, you know, from that. So, yeah, I mean, that is what spoke to me, really. Um, and, and, you know, hope, I mean, that trust, trust because it comes with vulnerability as well. If you trust in someone or something, you lay bare what you have, you know, and um, and and that is difficult sometimes, you know. I mean, I find that difficult sometimes, you know. Just, to, but anyway, that is what my thoughts are. Well, I'm just trying to make it easy for people. Right? Well, I'll try and make this a bit of encouragement, but um, I'm the oldest one here. I am. <laughs> believe it or not. I know you don't believe it. Do you? Um, however, thank you, thank you. That was yesterday. Cards accepted. Anyway, um, the bit I really resonate with, even in my dotage, dosage, or anything like that, um, is surrender. I do surrender. Move through me and feel me. Get out of the way. Because sometimes the ten thoughts in the ring of my mind playing catch... I can't live for the noise in my head. It's, you know, there are things you want to say, you, you want to pray, you want to do, but this is all going on. And it still happens to me, even now. I don't know if you find that, but um, there are times when I can't put it together in the way I want to. That was what it was. 
Thank you so much. Oh, one second. I love this. This. There's this tension, isn't there, which kind of captures both of these. Of Earlier I talked about the put yourself in the way of beauty. We're the prism who we need to put ourselves in the way of God. And at the same time, we need to get out of the way and allow God. And it's a put yourself in the way. Because the reality is if you start in places that God is on the move and God takes the initiative and God's doing it anyway, we put ourselves into that flow and we go. But then we have to let go and trust that the flow will take us. So it's a putting ourselves in the way of God and a getting out of our own way so that we can go with. And that's the hope, trust bit. I'll leave it there. Here, come. Yeah, for me, it's the, uh, the deepness of the person, the, the vulnerability and uh, the, the way he expressed, or whoever, she expressed her heart the way they, they come out with what's in their heart and was able to lay bare what's in their heart and the way it's presented, really, that first of all spoke to me, apart from the, the words there, the, that, the position of that person. Great. Any more? Any more for any more? No worries. Anyone? I guess that'll be tricky, wouldn't it? I'm assuming and trusting that the Zoom folks had a super time too. Um, I lost my chair. That's all right. We can go to the next slide. Next slide, please. That was a thing, right? So um, I was just saying to Christy, because we had a little, you know, we had a little chat. We did, we did it. Um, I, uh, so this album came out earlier this year and I was just, um, I cycle in and out of work most days, so I was cycling back from work, um, just chucked this album on, I've never been massively into uh, Kate or Kay as um, they are and um, yeah, so just listening, we're not paying much attention and this track came on, it's the last one on the album and it just, I was just like what the heck, and I literally, I remember I stopped my bike and, and got my phone out and pressed repeat on Spotify. And I was like, what, what is that? And so I, I've sort of listened to this quite a few times, almost fell into doing the audio Davina piece with it. And, and I think for me, um, the bit that stu stood out is this bit at the end, which will, will, which will link us beautifully to the pinata, obviously, in the next 14 minutes, uh, whatever, I can't add up. Um, this thing where it says, bursting forth. Bring forth what is within you, and that will save you. Essentially, bury it, and it will destroy you. And so this thing of if we're created in God's image, the image and likeness, the spirit of God living in us, when that's brought forth, it will save us. And there's a great story, and it's an obscure one, so I like it even more. In Genesis, what does it say? 38, Genesis 38. Um, there's two sets of twins in Genesis. There's Abel and Cain, and then there's these two who are way better. And you, anyone know who they are? Oh, there's probably more. But these are this different one. You're too good for me. Uh, this other set of twins in Genesis 38. Nah. Joseph's connected. Yes, it is. It's that one. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's Zerah and Perez. 
Judah and Tamar. So I'll tell you, it's a pretty sordid, dark, weird story, but it's probably why I like it. So you've got Judah, who is one of the, the you know, one of um, uh, one of the, the sons who's the head of one of the 12 tribes, right? And you know the story of Joseph. You know, it's Judah's idea to be like, should we just sell him to these merchants and then and, and hatch a plan to tell dad that he's dead, right? So, so Judah's involved in this thing. Joseph gets sent off to Egypt. Potentially... Because um, then Judah, at the start of Genesis 38, Judah um, then leaves his family and his brothers, and he goes down to a different place where he marries a Canaanite woman. And so potentially he was like, oh, I did a bad thing. I've got to get away. We don't know, but you could have done. Just saying. Anyway, so you've got Judah here. He marries, and he has three sons who apparently are called Ur, Onan, and Shelah. There you go. Uh, no real significance. It's just written here, so I thought I'd share. Uh, so um, the first son grows up, um, gets a wife, Tamar. Okay? And then the first son was evil, so the Lord puts him to death. And so just what it says, just saying. It's just nice. It gets, gets worse from here. So then the second son, uh, Onan, he then, um, following... This is a great story. It just gets really weird. It's really weird, right? The second son, uh, Onan, because of the Levite marriage deal, he's then uh, married to Tamar, okay? But uh, he's also a really selfish, evil man and refuses to give Tamar children, so the Lord puts him to death. Grim, okay? Then the third son, who is Shelah, is too young to, to be married, so that doesn't happen, okay? So then Tamar's sent away, okay? So then... Tamar comes up with a crazy plan because all she wants is kids. So then Tamar disguises herself um, as, as a prostitute. And then Judah, her father-in-law, father yeah, he then treks down and, and sees uh, um, this prostitute. And they are engaged together in activity, right? And then Judah returns. And then guess what? Tamar is pregnant, but with the, the, the baby, or turns out twins of... Her father-in-law, and again, I mean, it's pretty dark, isn't it? It's weird stuff going on. Um, um, so ultimately, what happens is Tamar has these uh, these twins, and um, they are Zara and Perez, right? And so the reason I told you that whole dark story, partly because you know it's nice to have the dark, dark stories too. But partly because this is a huge point of breakthrough. So when she's giving birth, it says this, and this is in Genesis 38, and it's verse, and so you know, 27, 28. When the time came for Tamar to give birth, it was discovered that she was carrying twins. Oh, my goodness, that could happen. That'd be weird for you, wouldn't it? That'd be weird, my uh... While she was in labor, one of the babies reached out his hand... The midwife grabbed it and tied a scarlet string around the child's wrist, announcing, this one came out first. But then the hand was pulled back in, and out came his brother. What? The midwife exclaimed. How did you break out first? So he was named Perez. Then the baby with the scarlet string was born and named Zara. Weird. I love it. So weird. 
So really significant, as you said, Tamar, it was all about the inheritance. This was Judah, the tribe of Judah. So the, whoever was born first, was it's a significant position within the tribes. There's a significant amount of inheritance. So whichever baby is born first is a really significant thing. And so the one baby starting to come out, as you heard, they tied its string. Weird, slight aside, go and Google why the scarlet thread's significant because it goes throughout and ultimately scarlet thread is blood and Eucharist and the rest of it. So that's a theological thread of the scarlet colour to check out as an aside. We haven't got time to go into that, but it's fascinating. Um, anyway, then the, ba- the other baby bursts forth and they name it Perez, which means bring forth, burst forth, breakthrough. And it's almost as if... and so. Zera means dawn or brightness, or weirdly, um, what was said earlier is this idea of hope. And I've read a few things on this, and it says almost as if we look for the, the dawn and the hope and all of this stuff, and sometimes we have to let go of that and trust what God is bringing forth. And this is what this story is saying is, it wasn't Zera who God wanted, it was Perez. It was the breakthrough, and not necessarily the other baby. So, about five years ago, we were in a bit of a uh, bit of one of those life stages where it's like job issues and life issues, and it was all getting a bit overwhelming. And I remember um, we used to meet as a small group, as you guys do, and have like a house meal. And um, we'd take it in turns to do a prayer activity. So we'd just eat food and do a prayer activity. And this, um, this one girl came in, this, and it was her turn to run the prayer activity, and she turns up with a piñata. We were like, okay. Okay, and she was saying, look, around the table, we're all here. There's a lot going on in our lives, jobs and and car issues and and family stuff, all this stuff. And we just need to pray Perez. We just need to pray breakthrough. So I brought a piñata. Of course you have, mate. Um, And she was saying, what we're going to do is we're going to hang it up and we're going to embody our prayer by hitting this thing and naming where we want to see breakthrough in our lives in our heads or out loud or as as fierce as you want to be in prayer. But we'll get into the practicalities of that in a minute. And and so we did it. And and I'm not saying it was because of that, but honestly, all the things that I named that day, God was really faithful in. And actually, so when we we then moved to Leicester about 18 months later, and and, um, as a leaving gift, this same girl bought us a piñata, right? And we totally forgot about it. It's literally sat in a bag on top of our tumble machine, tumble dryer thing. And I totally forgot about it, honestly. And um, it was only about two weeks ago. We've got a, quite a bit going on in our own our lives now, now with cars and jobs and the rest of it, as, as you, you know. And um, I found this piñata, and I was like, no way, we should do this. So two weeks ago, we told our kids the story, and, and, and we, we, we had to dust this piñata. It was full of, like, spider webs. Anyway, not this one, but... So we did it, and we hung it, and, and as a family, we just ne- each named one thing. And, um, and, and we, we prayed together using the piñata. So I just thought, we're talking about creativity today. We're talking about what is God put within us that we're not going to bury, but what are we going to burst forth and bring into the world? So... We've got a piñata. It's going to be cool, right? So whatever it is you want breakthrough for, or just to say, God, the stuff that was in me that I'm not fully letting out, I want to let out. Whatever it is, just name it as simple as you can in one word. You don't have to say it out loud. You can just say it in your head. And I've got this stick that's been in your prayer room, so it's sanctified. 
Um, and it's silver. Uh, don't get any cut yourself or splinters. Now, obviously, there's lots of you, and, and you don't have to do this, but we will clear the tables and everyone. Will. And maybe the first time round, don't hit too hard, even if you really want the breakthrough, because... Because the other day when we did it with the kids, I really wanted the breakthrough, and I smashed this thing with a rounder's bat and took it out in one hit. <laughs> Fortunately, I let the kids all go first. But I'd like it if everyone got at least one go before we smashed the thing to shreds. It is full of sweets that so we get to eat too, and they're like blessings. So what we'll do before we do so we'll clear the tables. I'll put the stick down. and Feel free in your own time to come and give it a little tap. And as we get further into the room, we can get more intense. I'm going to read my poem, which I wrote which is called Perez Piñata. So there's my, my vulnerable sharing of this prayer poem that was very much what I wrote two weeks ago when we were a little bit overwhelmed. So yeah, um, don't be shy. Just come up and, and give this thing a bit, of a, a bit of a tap or a whack and then... Kids, you've got to wait until people have done it because you're going to hammer this thing. And heads up, these things are sort of pre-perforated on the top, so they will split quite quick. Okay, let's pray. And then we'll pray by embodying our breakthrough. Stuck in motion, paralyzed by circumstance, conditioned to climb, wait in line, empty. Hanging in there, holding on, blind faith, choosing to stick it out, struggle through. Zera prayer, may hope rise. Move to act, parallaxed through prayer, called to circle, skip scarlet rope, embody. Hang a pinata, hold the staff. Blindfolded, choosing to strike out, plow through, Perez prayer, burst forth. Broke open, blessings fall like rain, sweetening the soil, seeding the new season, unfolding, savour. Yeah, we pray for breakthrough today, God, in all the circumstances in our heads and our hearts. Your kingdom come. Can I just share something before you hit that quag? Uh, before I went in the prayer room um, Friday morning um, in the car, and we were just going to go in, and, you know, it's three in the morning, so you're, you're just getting on, you know. And um, I really felt God say to me, <laughs> you can ask for stuff, you know. <laughs> and I was a bit like, yeah, of course. <laughs> I was a bit like, felt like that, you know. Yeah, of course, I, c I know that. I know I can ask for stuff. And then I just felt God really just stopped me and say, you can ask for things. And um, and I realized that maybe I hadn't been asking <laughs> in the same way because you, you get, sometimes you get disappointed. And so you, you stop asking <laughs> I mean, kind of, you you ask for general, but not specifics. And so um, I, I just encourage you with your hitting to, to be as specific as you can. And again, that's vulnerability because we'll all hear you. <laughs> so um, 
But I just encourage you, you can ask. God wants us to ask him for things. Okay, um, we're going to say bye to the guys on Zoom. We hit it for you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Be blessed. And can we just give a big round of applause to Matt? That was it's just incredible. Let us uh, catch the light this week and let us step back and let God flow through us. Amen. <laughs>